0: The
1: volume. Moneyline Monaco is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. This is why I love betting on the FanDuel Sportsbook. There's great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and so much more. There's amazing new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings if you want to cash out in as fast as two hours hours and how fun is it to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay discover the most popular same game parlays each day right when you log in presented by FanDuel on that homepage. if you are new just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now sign up with promo code Monaco so they know I sent you disclaimer 21 plus and present in arizona colorado connecticut iowa illinois indiana louisiana michigan new jersey new york pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia or wyoming Welcome into another episode of the best gambling show ever. Alex Monaco, chilling with Liv Moods. Liv, how are you? Happy new slate of shows. You feeling good for tonight's games and tomorrow's?
0: Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, obviously, player props in the NBA have been like my thing for a long time. Um, It gets really tough. It gets really tough to try to find an edge when these teams have played each other more than twice and Vegas is getting really accurate with their lines. So this is just kind of a message to anyone out there. That's like, why are my props not hitting? Um, It's just because Vegas is getting really, really good at putting the line exactly where it needs to be. And players are getting tired. Defense is, is maybe not as strong as it usually is. It's just, it's hard when the same team is playing each other two, three, four games, you know, finding that edge is a little bit more difficult. So I'm experiencing it myself at the moment. Um, but, you know, you got to keep pushing along. So that's what we're going to do. But, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's, I'm having fun, of course, but it's tough to find the edge right now.
1: It is, definitely. And these round two series have been Home court advantage, to say the least. Uh, I got a number I'll bring up in a second, but let's get into this Sixers heat game tonight. Pivotal game five, Liv. Two in Miami, go to Miami, two in Philly with the masked man, Embiid, and it is a 2-2 series coming back to South Beach. It opened at three and a half. Right now, I'm seeing on FanDuel, heat minus two and a half, minus 146 on the money line. Line's moving a little here. How are you feeling about game five? Can the Sixers win a third in a row?
0: I just want to – this is a tough one because I have loved this Heat team. I've loved watching this Heat team in this series. I think they've looked really, really great. Um, we've talked about it before. They're not playing the most exciting basketball, but they're just consistently good. You know, they're good on defense. They're good on offense. Um, they've got a pretty deep bench. So, if they've been fun to watch. However – I just want to point out the switch that was made. And it wasn't like a Embiid is back. The Sixers won by two or three or four. Embiid came back and the 76ers dominated. I mean, the the third game of the series, when Embiid returned, they won by 20 points. Like, it's not like the Heat just like lost their starting lineup when Embiid returned. Like, he just dominated. And then in the fourth game of the series, they won by eight and we were, we were seeing this 70s or this, yeah, the 76ers team taking L's that were, you know, pretty significant. It was kind of like, yeah, this is, we know how this series is going to end and Embiid has shown up and completely changed the game for this series. Um, I, 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 who is stopping Embiid is my question for you, Monica, who is slowing him down. I mean, if this guy can play with a fractured face and whatever else he has, First of all, I have to say, no one's going to agree with me. This is maybe a hot take, but I think he looks so cute in his little mask. I (laughs) saw him. I was like, oh my gosh, Embiid looks so stinking cute. Like, I just wanted to hug him. I don't think that's how most people feel when they saw him in the mask, but I thought he was adorable. Either way, that's the worst word, by the way, to describe Embiid. Adorable. Horrible. But either way, I love the mask. Um, I think it's really tough for this Miami team right now because I I think – the 76ers have the talent offensively. They've got guys like Maxie. They've got guys like Harris, James Harden eh, depends on the day. Um, but defensively and has made such a huge impact since his return and, and offensively. I mean, he does both. So I think I'm going to rock with the Sixers to cover because we're seeing now uh, that he has returned. They're dominating again um, with wins. So I think going back to Miami obviously is going to be a challenge in itself. So I'm not sure if the Sixers will win, but I think it'll be close. Um, I, I tweeted this last night because we saw it in the Warriors-Grizzlies matchup. You really start to see um, the veterans, the, the people that have been that have the most playoff experience in that final quarter. Um, and I think the 76ers were missing that on their squad, and that is Embiid. I mean, I think he's going to get a lot of calls in his favor like he always does. So he'll probably spend a lot of time at the line. Um, so I think it'll be a close game. So I'm going to take the Sixers with the points. They may win outright, which would make this a very interesting series. Um, but yeah, they just have dominated since he's returned. So it's hard for me to fade the 76ers right now.
1: I'm trying to look at it in a completely clean slate. Best of three, put game three and four aside. I I don't know if that's the Spolstra way in that locker room, You made a good point about Embiid, and and he's not dominating in points necessarily to what he is. It's more of just his presence and how he's affecting the interior. It's forcing Miami to shoot more threes than they have in game one and game two. And you look at game three and four, they shot seven for 35 and seven for 30. That's just not going to get it done with this team. But I look at a couple of elements. Kyle Lowry's played terrible. He didn't score in game three at six points in game four. You could argue him coming back almost hurt a little bit, the ebb and flow of this team. And they wasted a great Jimmy Butler game, a 40-piece. So he's really the only one you can trust right now with a, with a little bit of hero, a little bit of bam. But I I, I look at what happened in game four. Struess, P.J. Tucker, Lowry, all under 10, hero barely over 10. Harden with a 31-piece. I is that going to happen again? That could have just been a flash of the MVP Harden. And then I remember what Miami is at home and what the Sixers are on the road to come to my conclusion here. And Miami's the second best team in the NBA behind the Suns and the Warriors at 34 and 12 as a home team. They protect home court very well. It's why they're the one seed. And the Sixers team doesn't cover on the road. I know it's a trend. I don't want to be too trends heavy in the NBA playoffs, but they've only covered two of their last 10 road games, live, and they've only covered one of their last eight road games against Miami. And you look at game one and two, and it's tough to really say that's going to happen again with them being in the lineup. right? But just what we've seen as a whole with role players in this playoffs, when you come home, they tend to pop off. A lot of role, player, role players on the road don't. And then just looking at this number, it was 12 and two against the spread before last night. It's now 12 and four with home teams covering in the second round. It's a big number. So we're seeing these teams whenever they're at home win and cover. I think Miami's too well coached to lose three in a row. I do think this definitely goes seven. I'm I'm nervous about three and a half. Now it's down to two and a half. I'm comfortable taking it. I'd lean more Miami money line minus 146 right now on FanDuel, but I just don't think this team's going to make seven for 37 for 35 attempts again from beyond the arc. They're going to have to mix it up and they're going to have to rely on some guys. Now you do pose a good point, which is there might be some more guys you can trust on the Sixers than Miami, but I, I just, I can't take Philly on the road with what I've seen them do on the road and this Miami team. I'm, I'm hoping Is too well coached makes the necessary adjustments covers covers the two and a half.
0: The only thing I'm going to say before we move on to the Suns-Mavs matchup is, I do think there is a tingly little storyline of Embiid getting snubbed of MVP twice in a row to the very uh, the one and only Denver Nugget uh, Jokic. I'm not going to gloat, maybe a (laughs) little. Um,
1: Congratulations! I
0: I think. Thank you. I think he goes ballistic. I really do. I think he just as much as all the other Sixers fans and people not even that are fans of the program um, believe that he should have been MVP and he wasn't again. Um, I could see little mask man, little, little cutie, adorable mask man going ballistic. That's, that's all I'm going to say. I do think there's a little bit of a storyline tonight with Embiid being robbed of MVP twice in a row. I think tonight he says middle fingers up and he's just going to, you know, Do what he does best. So that's something to keep in mind, maybe from a prop perspective. If you're like, hey, I don't want to touch this game from a betting perspective in terms of the slate or the over under, maybe take a look at the props. But that's the last thing I'll say. Let's move on to the Suns versus the Mavs. I want to know your opinion first on this matchup because... I, we know that I a, for whatever reason, I'm a bit of a hater against the Phoenix Suns, and I just don't know how I feel about the Mavs. So what is your take about game four of the, or sorry, game five of this series between
1: these two? I'm definitely nervous. I'd be lying if I wasn't. and And the line is definitely making me nervous at Phoenix minus six. Dallas is a good cover. They've proven they've they've been a good cover, especially as a road underdog on the season. Um, I'm kind of coming back to the same narrative as, as I'm thinking in the Sixers Heat series. Is Dorian Finney-Smith and Berton's going to go 12 from 18 for deep? Uh, again, I, I mean, that was Finney-Smith. That was 25% of his entire threes in the whole playoffs in one game. I, I just, I can't wrap my head around that and I was listening to Tim Legler talk about it and they're getting practice like threes because of what Luca is doing with drawing doubles and and making really a ton of basketball eyes on him when he has the ball they are they're wide open threes can Monty Williams who just won coach of the year by the way make the defensive adjustments they have to I mean this is a Phoenix team number one in the NBA at overall record at home, they're the number one team in the NBA after a loss at 16 and five. They're just not playing Phoenix basketball. 17 turnovers in back-to-back games. Chris Paul is is dealing with off-the-court stuff, 12 and 5 on the road in, in those two games, as opposed to 28-19 in game one and two. I just don't see Matt the Mavs coming in and stealing this. Am I nervous about the spread? Yeah, I don't want to take Phoenix and then take the Mavericks with the points. I think I'm just going to swallow the six here and hope that that trend I alluded to covers and the two games they did win at home. They covered Uh, this Mavs team. They haven't won a game straight up in their last seven outings in Phoenix. So if this goes offense for offense, like game one and game two, I think we got a Phoenix cover on our hands. If it's more defensive chess match, I think that favors the Mavericks. But you look at what Bridges wasn't, Cam Johnson wasn't enough, Campaign's not having a good series at all. Crowder's playing the best of the role players, but what they're doing in Dallas, last thing I'll say, is they're playing small ball. Powell's not even really in the series. They're going with Kleber, they're going with shooters, and they're not taking advantage with Aiton in the interior. His best game was game one, which doesn't make sense with what the lineup they're going with. So I would hope that they run a lot of Chris Paul pick and roll tonight with eight and get him involved early. If their big three can all give us 20, 25 plus, I think it's enough tonight to cover six. What, what say you?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I don't really have much to add. I was just going to say, I think this is a very well coached coach of the year, um, a Phoenix Suns team. And I think that they are the epitome of button up. And don't let it happen again. Uh, I, I just think that they're they're way too talented, especially playing at home. Now I know they did just lose two games in a row, but I think taking it back to Phoenix um, with a well coached with a yeah with a well coached team going back home, um, knowing that this is kind of a it's not a must win for them, but it definitely will shift the momentum of the series in their favor. So I really think that it's an important win for them. Again, they're the type of team that buttons up and figures it out. Uh, Learn from their mistakes. So I like them to cover. And that's hard for me to say because I don't like the Suns. And I would love to see Luca win this series, but I just think the Suns are too good. They're too good offensively and defensively that I'm just, I'm torn and I'm going to take the Suns to cover. I hate it. Let's (laughs) go.
1: Join me on this side.
0: I'm joining you. All
1: right. Let's talk about tomorrow's games, Wednesday slate. It's, a very riveting 2-2 series in this Boston-Milwaukee matchup. Celtics back at home. It's a big number. They got it at around minus five and a half on FanDuel Live. Which way are you leaning in this back and forth riveting Boston-Milwaukee series?
0: Listen, my faith rest in the hands of postseason Al Horford, okay? <laughs> this man, listen, I was talking to someone at FCF this past weekend because they're like, I tell all your bets. I make so much money off your NBA player props. I was like, oh, that's great. Great. Whatever. They're like, what do you like for the Celtics? I said, postseason Al. That's all I have to say. I love him from every angle. Rebounding, of course. I took him for a double-double last night. Let's go. He was no, he was oh two. no,
1: that was his only game he didn't double. Only double.
0: game he didn't get a double double. Either way, I'm I can't even be mad at him because of the way that he played yesterday because I did need the Celtics to win yesterday's game. Um, I, I was telling this person that was asking me about Al Horford. I said regular season, he was never on my radar for a bet. Ever. I would I never thought, oh, I'm gonna bet on Al Horford on this Tuesday night game versus the Bulls. Never once. Postseason Al Horford, excuse me. I mean, this guy went that dunk where if they were about to call that a flagrant, I was about to be so upset because it was gravity. It was not um, intentional either way. I think the dunk he had on Giannis was the moment that he just like turned X games mode on. I don't know what it was, but he was obviously playing pretty well. You know, he had some clutch threes here and there and he was kind of keeping them in the game. But in that fourth Oh my Lord. I was, I'm a huge Horford fan. Listen, I think I might have to get a Jersey because I just love the way he's playing right now. Postseason, Something is really cool to me about just the way he's able to, I think the calmness that the Celtics showed throughout that game when they were down pretty much the entire game um, was very I I thought it was very important towards their win. And I think Al Horford had a very large part to do in that. He just keeps him his composure. Um, Either way, I'm going on and on about Horford. This is not about Horford. This is about the Celtics. I am taking Celtics with the spread. I just think right now they've got a lot of momentum. Um, They're going back home. Uh, That obviously is a huge difference maker right there. I really like them playing at home. I think, um, they just have so much offensively that is really tough for this Bucks team to slow down. And I think what we started to see yesterday, <clears throat> or in the game, the last game that they played was Giannis started to get tired. I think he started to just, I mean, again, we've talked about this a million times. There's only so much he can do by himself. Um, and he's doing a lot right now by himself. He's obviously got some help. There have been a couple guys. I took Brooke Lopez props and those cash because he's been doing pretty well. But I just think They've got, I think the momentum has now turned towards the Celtics again, and it's turning towards the Celtics at the right time. They're going back home. I think they get another dub. I think they cover the spread and I love Al Horford. So that's all I have.
1: (laughs) I love it. I'll I'll add to that, but I'm, I'm with you on Al. It's, it's an incredible series. I mean, three double doubles and a 30 piece to lead all scores or tie with Tatum for 30 they outscored him by 15 in the fourth quarter, and you made a great point about Giannis. We we look at him as like Iron Man and indestructible, never gets hurt, always available, always pounding the paint. But he did look a little fatigued, and finally, the ref started to even out the whistle a little bit. First half yeah. was way more favorable towards Giannis. Second half, yeah. not so much. Thank goodness. Refs have been killing me all all playoffs, but di- different conversation. But. I mean, geez, game three at 42, Tatum at 10. They won by two. That's a 32-point discrepancy between the two stars. Then you look at what happened yesterday and Monday, and it was a team effort. And you you go tit for tat down the line here, and I just think without Middleton, I, I don't feel comfortable with the Bucks having enough firepower. I don't think they have enough offense. Lopez gave you 17 scorer, Holiday, again, He's I've said it before, he's not a 25-point-a-game guy. 16 is not enough with no Middleton out of Drew Holiday. He has to be the two. You're asking 30-plus-year-old Lopez to do that. And then between Wesley Matthews, Pat Connaughton, and Grayson Allen, I just – I mean, that's, that's some – That's some, you know, I I don't want to call them all mediocre. They're all good NBA players. That's just not (laughs) enough. It's not not enough for me. I mean, look, Pat Conten, he's, he's a great shooter and and he hits timely threes. Grayson Allen's been asked to be in the starting lineup. He had no points in game three, seven in game four. He's, they're not even utilizing him properly. Now I, I I'm just, I'm, I'm nervous. And then there's the element where the Boston Celtics have covered 10 of their last 11 against Milwaukee. They just cover the spread against them and Last thing I'll say is with the five and a half, I'm a little nervous about it. It's a big number, but both times they beat them, they double-digited them. So I think this is, to your point, a perfect momentum timing for Boston to come in. They have to have game five. I think their role players step up. I mean, geez, you remember what they did in that first half of game two when they were down 1-0 and they shot 65% from three with a Jalen 25-point half and Grant Williams had 21 in that game. So if they can get... Uh, Grant Williams to give you 15 plus Derek white said double digits in three of the four games. He's been excellent as a role player off the bench. They just, they have more to offer. And I do, I do tip my cap to Milwaukee. They're playing incredibly well given the circumstances unless Middleton comes in to save them. I got Boston winning this series. It may very well go seven, but give me Boston in, in game five with you. Yeah. At the TD Garden.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um. Next final game that we're going to talk about. Uh, very interesting. Uh, the Grizzlies and the Warriors are headed back to Memphis. The Warriors are up in the series right now, 3-1. I got to tell you, the last game they played was a sleeper. I mean, I was yawning. I was like <laughs> playing Candy Crush on my phone. I'm like, what in the world <laughs> are we watching here? I mean, it was ugly. It was messy. It was boring. I was just like, you know, I, I one of my good friends tweeted. She said something like, uh Warriors, you better stop playing with your food before it gets cold or something like that. And I was like, that is a great way to describe what is happening. Like they were just kind of like bebopping around, acting like they didn't have anything to do. And it's like, um, excuse me, like we're there's a game to play. And then, of course, I that's why I tweeted, you really figure out who's got the most playoff experience in that final quarter because when they decided they wanted to win that game, they won that game, and that's just how it goes. Um, but I would love to know your take on game five. Back in Memphis against these two, um, I have an opinion, but I want to know yours for first.
1: Uh, it's tough because, you, geez, what happened in Game Four to Game Five? One hundred forty-two points for the Warriors. They shot sixty-three percent from the field, fifty-three percent from three. That's unheard of. That that's that's a one-off game; won't happen again. But the drop-off in Game Five from sixty-three percent to forty from 53% from three to 24%. Like you said, just, it was a weird, it was a weird, weird game. And excellent point. I I don't have a ton to add in terms of, of how you called it. I mean, that's what it was. And it's gotta be frustrating as a Grizzlies fan. You could argue they could be up three, one right now in this series. And I think that's the difference between a team that's been through everything and a team that's up and coming and just the veteran, mindfulness and IQ towards the end of the game I think we saw a I don't want to say a better Grizzlies team without Ja that's that's ridiculous but we saw no him it's, well not him. it's not I ridiculous
0: it's not ridiculous because they were 20 and 5 without Ja Morant in the regular season
1: yeah I mean and you saw uh, it in five guys in double figures and one of them was not Desmond Baines so I mean that is just absolutely impressive to say the least and it was high double figures too. I mean, Tyus had 19, Anderson had 17 off the bench. I think they go back. I think they win outright game six. I think Ja will be back. And again, this team, they don't quit. They have no quitting them. I think this is a, a nice spot for them to come back and and win game five, rather, in Memphis we're getting three points also, and outside of Curry having thirty two, which most of those were in the fourth quarter, I I wasn't that impressed with with the rest of the roster as far as shooting goes. So that could be a credit to Taylor Jenkins and how they they got in in everyone's face and and schemed without their star player. But I just think this Grizzlies team's too good to lose four one, and I may be on the wrong side. I don't feel great about it. I never like to to fade the Warriors, but. Geez, I mean, look at the against the spread too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Grizzlies have covered uh, every single game except for Game Three.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the Grizzlies went out right in this one, and I do think it's their. I mean, I obviously think once they go back to San Francisco, the Warriors will uh, clean it up in in Game Six. But uh, yeah, I mean, even looking at the games that the the Grizzlies have lost, they've been really close. Uh, minus one, there was one game where the Warriors blew them out, but Otherwise, the games have been super close. I want to add to what you said about John Morant not playing. Yeah, I mean, regular season, they were 20 and five without him. So I think John Morant being on the bench forces the other guys to go, all right, what's my role? Um, I could tell that Desmond Bain, again, we went to TCU together. So um, I can kind of, you know, when you watch the same player for a certain amount of time, you're like, oh, something's not right with them. And I knew, of course, I took his over 25 and a half points, rebounds and assists, but I knew. Within the first minute, I was like, he's not feeling like his back is killing him. I can just see it. He was not moving the same. So I think if Desmond Bain can't give you a hundred percent in game five, he should just sit. Cause I think it's one of those things. It's like a mom when they're cleaning and the kid's like, let me help. And she's like, I can just do it better. I can do it better at a hundred percent than you could do it. You're just gonna make things worse. But thanks for (laughs) the offer. I think it's one of those situations where with Desmond, it's like, if he can't give a hundred, then he just needs to sit. And and I think that they would be okay if he sat. I mean, he was obviously such a huge difference maker in their first series, but we really haven't seen that from him in this series. So if there's a guy on the bench that can do a little bit more defensively, um, maybe not even offensively, because again, Desmond hasn't really been a huge difference maker offensively. So it's not like you need someone to come off the bench and do what he did in the first series, which was score 25 plus um, off of threes alone. But even defensively, he was kind of moving slow. And I think he was just in pain. So, I think John, I anticipate John Morant will be back for the next game. Obviously we have seen that the warriors really struggle to slow him down in this series. So that I do think Tyus Jones deserves a little bit more playing time, even with John Morant re- returning, I think you rest John Moran on the bench for a little bit and let Tyus Jones come out and show what he's made of because in those 20, 20 games that the Grizzlies won without jaw, Tyus Jones is a huge part of that. So I do think, you know, they know that they've got a great person behind John Morant. If John Morant needs to sit or rest or whatever. So I do think they win. Um, again, the games, the two of the games that they've lost have been very close. So I think going back home to to Memphis, they'll have that home court advantage. John Morant should return. I think they'll figure it out, get the job done, but then I think it'll head back to San Francisco. And I think it's done. It's done in game six, but, uh, Stranger things have happened, but yeah, I'm going to ride with the, the Grizzlies money line in game five.